Heart disease and stroke claim the lives of more women than all forms of cancer combined. Yet, we remain underrepresented in cardiovascular research by over 60%. That's a problem. For too long, we've been left out of research and treated largely based on the scientific findings found in men. We now know more about the differences between men and women, including the fact that we may experience different heart disease and stroke symptoms than men. Research provides the foundation for our doctors to treat us, and we deserve to be accounted for in the findings to ensure the care we receive is tailored to our needs. You can change this by participating in Research Goes Red, the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women movement, and Virili's Project Baseline Initiative to form the largest, most engaged women's health community focused on closing the gender gap in research. Narrow the gender and racial bias in research through focus groups, surveys, or sign up to contribute to research to studies that dig deep into emotional well-being, maternal health, and the connection to heart disease and stroke. The more we know about women and our overall health, the more lives we can save for generations to come. For more information about how you can drive science ahead, visit projectbaseline.com slash go red. Once again, that's projectbaseline.com slash go red. From Podcast One and the Lady Gang, are you ready for a relatable, unapologetic take on life? This is the Ladies Like Us podcast with Nazanin Mandy and Nadia Mohan. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Like Us. I'm Nadia Moham. And I'm Nazanin Mandy. And, and don't you just love her songs? <laughs> <laughs> There's like no melody to it. I just kind of like go wherever my voice wants to take it. <laughs> no, that's like what your mind looks like, your brain. Yeah, it is. It looks like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Spiraling in different directions. Oh my God. <laughs> Extra cheese. <laughs> um, yeah. What day is it? Oh, yes. It's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. My God. I I keep thinking, I'm like, okay, quarantine, they say, is like over May 15th. Right. Supposedly. If they extend this, people are going to go crazy. They're going to lose their minds. I See, I don't even know, to be honest. Like, a part of me agrees with that. And then the other part of me, the part of me that's like, been doing them like what's another month at this point (laughs) and I agree with I totally agree with you on that like like, we're we're in it like I finally gave up and was like hey this is the new normal go with it like I I get and I agree with you but those people that are not like that I know are gonna lose their shit well I'm not really like that but surprisingly I'm getting really like I don't know I'm on a freaking roller coaster ride because some days I'm just like this is getting too comfortable. Do I even want to go outside anymore? <laughs> like, like I'm, just, I just get like stuck in my little cocoon of a house, and like even just like going outside for a run is. I keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and I don't know why. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, there's like a lot going on, and like energy is kind of. It's not kind of. It's really off, and like you know, we're just going through a transitional time. So it's weird. Uh, Were you, um, were you getting like really bad anxiety at all during this time? In the beginning, in the beginning I was. Uh Um, so I finally got to the point where I was like, you need to just, instead of trying to fight 
the feeling and fight what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just go with the flow. Right, right. And do what makes you happy. If you don't feel like answering texts, don't do it. If you need to take a break from work, take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to it because I know personally, if I were to just like waste this time, I'd be so mad at myself. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. Um, but I take the, the breaks needed and then I watch what I want to watch. And I've been utilizing our backyard way more. I know. Which I love. Like I've been laying out every day and getting in the jacuzzi. Like I didn't do that before. I know. How crazy is that? You've I had, know. You've had the jacuzzi for years. And years. Never go in it. Why does that happen? Everybody with the jacuzzi or pool says the same thing. I, you know, you're, it's just like there and you know, you get caught up in like a fast paced life that you're just like, ah, whatever. Like in the summer, I'll try to go out there more whatever. But I don't know, just being at home more and like cooking different things and trying new things. I'm even making like stupid pens, like, because I wanted to make pens. That was cute. cute. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. I, I'm like, am I depressed or is this just stir crazy? Like I, and that it could be that. <sighs> it's so weird. But then it's like, I'm stir crazy and I'm bored. Like I, we watched Ozark. Okay. Which is amazing. I finally got around to watching. Ozark. I love that show. Yeah. It was so good. And that show for a long while was like keeping me super entertained. We were just binge watching that. Cause it's like, go, go, go. Like every episode is so intense. Right. Then once that was over, I was like depressed because I'm like, I don't even want to watch anything else. Like, I don't care about anything. (laughs) Damn. I know. I don't know what happened to me. Like, I like signed up for Sophie, who's Miguel's manager. I signed up for her little like accountability, whatever. Like she has this little chart and everyone checks in with their workouts. And I'm like, sign me up. I need to be accountable. And then I worked out like two days and I just, I don't know. I don't freaking know. It's not like I don't have the time. I don't know what the f*** is happening to me. (laughs) I mean, have you asked yourself how you're going to feel about your process, like, once this is all over? Of course. Every f***ing day, I'm like, you're not going to be happy when this is over. (laughs) That's my... What was her name that I named her? (laughs) Oh, my God. Remember that girl? (laughs) The one in your head? Oh, Nance. Nance, yeah. yeah. Nance has moved in. She's okay. She is living. But, you know, at the same time, um, I have been, like, cooking and cleaning nonstop. It's like we're not doing anything. Right. Um, and, like, I've been trying to really get our condo together, like, uh, interior decorating-wise. Uh-huh. But other than that, like, th- those have been my focus. And then, like, I, I was kind of telling you this earlier, but... I think like now more than ever, that's kind of become more of my direction. It's becoming more and more obvious to me that that's where I find fulfillment and joy currently. I think, yeah, I think I'm somebody who gets bored doing one thing for a while. And I think it's, I think, I don't, I don't want to say it's time for me to move on from like makeup and stuff like that. I'll always love makeup and do makeup, but I kind of want to start shifting my focus to something different. I, I just feel like a stir inside of me, you know? And go, that's amazing. And like, go with that stir. Like what if the quarantine had to happen for you to find the stir? I, I guess. I don't you know. know what I mean? I mean, it's been there. It's been there. Now I have more of an excuse to like 
I don't know. For some reason lately, I've just been so anti-social media. I mean, obviously I talk about this all the time and I'm, you know, up and down with it, but lately I've just really not cared. It's been bad. And a part of it is because it's like letting go of that pressure. If that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. It does. Like, like the pressure that I put on myself to make sure I have content and a good post and what I'm going to say and blah, 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 and all this. And to stay on top of it, I started to be like, why am I, I don't even really like that. Why am I pushing myself so hard for it? Because that's what I have to do or I'm supposed to do. Why don't I do something that I actually enjoy? Like interior design. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's, it, I don't, what's the right word to describe it? Like, doing those things will only fuel you more. Like you'll become more motivated because you really gen, that's your passion. Right. Right. It's like, it's pushing its way to the forefront in realms of what I do. And as far as like having a podcast and being a personality or whatever I want to do with that, that can also come from, from doing interior design. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, Joanna Gaines has a show like, See? <laughs> there's people doing it hgtv i'm coming for you <laughs> yeah like it it doesn't now especially nowadays like you could literally be doing any kind of career and they could probably make a show out of it right if you have that big enough personality and the connects and the drive like right. it can happen no it's so true you could be a pea farmer <laughs> no no seriously like <laughs> <laughs> it can make it a show. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's been what's happening over in my casa. What about you guys? Miguel's working on music. Yeah, I've been. I I'll touch on this. Like I finished my book. I can't go any further than that. I'll talk about it more when I can. But I finished that. Um, oh, I booked a reoccurring role on a new show. Oh, that's right. I can't say what show it is, but it is a show that's already out. It's very popular and network. It's on BET. Okay. Um, and when I can announce that, I for sure will. Um, but I'm so excited about this. Like, are you a lesbian again? No, I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) No. No, I do not play a lesbian again. Guys, Nas keeps getting all the lesbian roles. I keep booking all these lesbian roles. Because all the lesbians want to see you make out with another girl. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, hire Nazi Manny and give her all this lesbian sexy. Oh my God. I mean, but honestly, like, maybe that's meant to happen because Miguel's real comfortable with that. You know, I don't right. know. Hey, it's a good transition. It's a great transition. If I would have went straight into like, guy girl you know interaction oh, yeah, no. it might have been a little weird i don't know it's all happening the way it was supposed to but he's ever going to be comfortable with that i don't think anyone's ever like excited or comfortable right. right um but he we've talked about it obviously like this has been a topic of discussion and he just has to look at it from a professional point of view yeah, we've seen your videos, Miguel, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, my God, did I cry over that? No. Like, you have to, like, look at it in a mature manner. So if I keep stressing that and reminding him, it's not yeah. going to be easy. I but think it's so much harder for guys. Of course it is, and especially him. Like, Yeah. You know. They don't want to see that. No, 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 no. But uh, this role, I will have a husband. 
Okay. Um, so that things could get interesting. I don't know. But you it's haven't seen the script or anything. Like you know, No, no. I originally went out for another part in this uh-huh. TV show and they picked me for another role. Uh-huh. So that's what happened. Can you tell us who your husband is? No, I can't. <laughs> I know of him? Um, maybe. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's been going on over here. Just like trying to stay consistent with working out. That's been... Yeah. Some days I don't want to and I'm just like, just go do cardio. Like, just right. go at least do that. So I'll just go do that, you know? How do you think... Like, how do you feel, let's say you didn't have your gym at your house. Do you think it would be harder for you? Um, I would have bought like some weights. I, girl, I can't buy weights. Why? Because you can't find them anywhere. No way. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like it's, you can't find, Alex who lives in like, he's staying with his family in uh, Oceanside. Right. He went to like the big five or something at like seven in the morning when they opened and there was a line outside the door and he got like some of the last sets of weights. Wow. That's crazy. Like- See, I would have, I would have gone running in my neighborhood and then I would have found stuff on like YouTube. Right. That's but, what I would have done. I think the, um, Consistency and accountability would have been more difficult, or do you think you, no, you figured it out? In no, I would have figured it out. Yeah, no, I would have figured it out. Um, the gym, obviously, I'm so grateful for it, and, and it makes things uh, easier, obviously. Right. But uh, no, because I know working out is a part of my mental health, and like if I don't have that, I know I would be losing my mind. Literally, like I wouldn't be doing very well. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's a part of literally everyone's mental health because right. you know, it releases those endorphins, you know, for sure. So it does make you feel better because I know like when I do go work out, I always feel better after I hate it during and before, but you always after, I feel great. No, sure. I hate it too. Like I have a love hate relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to get snatched for quarantine, but <laughs> That's not really happening anymore. And I have the worst accountability partner. Omar does not work out at all. Man. See, that's where I think that would be a little hard. Yeah. Because when you're with somebody who likes to do it, it it really does help. Absolutely. You know, because I'm already not good at being accountable. So then I can't rely on him to do it for me. I have to do it for the both of us. Yeah, that's difficult because of course you want to do it together. Right. Like, he's there, you know, you're yeah. like, let's do this together. It's something we could do, but like for you to this have to exactly. Together. And that this is exactly what happens is that he works, he's still working from home and he's off at four. So I, I will be like, okay, I'm going to wait till four till you're off work and we can do a video together. But right. then four rolls around and it's already late in the day. And like, we start to kind of, what are we going to cook for dinner? Let's smoke this bowl. Like it becomes, <laughs> let's throw on this show. Like it, it, and then it, and then we don't do it. And then the whole cycle happens all over again. So I had to leave him in the dust this morning. I ran by myself and it was the worst run ever. I felt like I was running with lead boots on. <laughs> like, oh. My legs were so heavy. It, it was a struggle. I got my ass kicked, but I did Wait, it. I did it. Exactly. Yeah, I, did. I ran like two and a half miles. No, almost three miles. That's amazing. Oh, so, it was I did this morning. Huh? 
That's more, you ran more than I did this morning. Yeah, but you don't really need to run that much. <laughs> oh, trust me. I've, my diet's been like off and on. Yeah. I mean, like some days I'm like, woo. And then other days I'm like, oh God. Like, yeah. cause you also reach that point. Once you kind of start, you're like, we'll just throw the day away. If I yeah. want to eat four cinnamon rolls, I will. Okay. And like, my thing is sugar. Like I have yeah. an addiction to sugar. Like it's a problem. Bonafide, huh? Yeah, that's bad. Candy is my life. Yeah, you, you've you always been down with like the sour candy. Yeah. More than me. I think I'm more like a chocolate person. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do not discriminate. I <laughs> eat chocolate. I'll eat it all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sour is my thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It's <sighs> balanced things. Well, I... I figure it out. <laughs> I'm never going to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like every podcast that everyone <laughs> listens to, they're like, God, Nadia, still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Do you know how many people can relate to that? I know. Uh, A lot. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a loser. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I know, I know. But anyways, um, uh, Yes, today we have Kelty Knight on the show. I I think it's so weird that we haven't had her on. I know. Well, okay, quick little backstory, just a quick one. Yes. Kelty basically, I don't want to say discovered us, but like Kelty approached you. About starting a podcast. Yes. 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 So it was all her idea and like putting it all together. Like, of course, she had a huge, huge help in it. Um, so it is kind of weird that we're like a, almost a year into this and haven't had her on, but we're excited to have her on. Mm-hmm. She's a host. She used to be a dancer. She's an author. Uh, she's hilarious. So we're really excited to have her. Yep. It'll be a good one. Kelsey's got a lot of energy. So get ready, guys. <laughs> There's enough uncertainty to go around right now. NetSuite reduces it by giving you visibility and control. With so many critical decisions to make, you need the right numbers and you need them right now. NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite, we give you financials, cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more all in one place. So you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere with immediate clarity on critical information right at your fingertips. No more guessing, no more waiting. Make smarter decisions with confidence because you've got crystal clear visibility in your numbers. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Receive your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com ladies. Don't wait, get your free guide and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash ladies, netsuite.com slash ladies. Washing our hands is always one of the most important things we can do. And most of us have been washing our hands more frequently than ever, which unfortunately can lead to some very dry, cracked hands. But thankfully, Caldrea 
can make this a bit more enjoyable. Caldrea is a consciously crafted home and body care brand that combines thoughtful ingredients with delectable scents, making caring for ourselves and our homes a beautiful experience. Caldrea's line of hand care products includes both hand soaps and moisturizing lotions that are incredibly effective, thoughtfully formulated, and smell divine. Available in indulgent scents like ginger pomelo and basil blue sage, you'll reach for these products again and again. So now I can turn hand washing from a chore to a little luxury during the day with scents that I really enjoy, like the warm and bright scent of ginger pomelo. That's the one I'm digging right now, which contains essential oils from grapefruit, ginger, basil, and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients. I love that my hands are not only left moisturized, but also the ginger pomelo scent is left lingering on my hands throughout the day. It seriously smells so bomb. Get free shipping on orders of $50 or more when you buy online at caldrea.com. That's C-A-L-D-R-E-A.com. Visit caldrea.com and add wonder to your washing. Hey ladies, it's Nazanin Mandy. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for being such loyal listeners. Nadia and I appreciate you tuning in every week to Ladies Like Us. We love you and hope you are staying happy and healthy. So I just launched a new fitness line called Infinity Fit, and they are full body resistance bands. They are meant to build and maintain lean muscle. I also have some new workout videos out. If you are interested in the bands, you can go to theinfinityfit.com. What I love most about the bands is you can do them anywhere. You don't need a gym to use them. You can literally sit in front of your TV for five minutes, use the bands, and with consistency, you will notice a difference over time. So again, if you're interested, visit theinfinityfit.com for purchase. Thank you so much. Mwah. All right, guys, welcome back. We have a new guest here with us. She started her career kicking her legs up for the Radio City Rockettes. Then she kicked her leg out for the out of the limo on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's an Emmy Award-winning television personality who has interviewed some of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, you know, like Oprah. Meryl Streep, you know, have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. But now she is the creator of the widely known Lady Gang podcast. Please welcome Kelty Colleen Knight. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow, the full name. Shit, you went Colleen. deep. You went deep, girl. You went deep. Hi, ladies like us. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we finally have you on. It's so crazy to me. I feel like, how has this taken so long? But also then, like, of course it would take a quarantine. I was just about to say, it took a quarantine to get Kelty Colleen Knight on <laughs> our podcast. Well, um, it's, it's not me. It's, it's you, the two of you have a quite a busy life, you so know? As do you. Right. So it's like when two tornadoes come by each other, they don't often like group together. You know what I mean? Just passing in the night. Yes. Man, it's you guys and your boss moves. I'm like, I'm free. <laughs> um, but anyways, can we go back to this leg kick out of the limo? Oh because my God. I did. Okay. First of all, I honestly, I don't follow the bachelor. I'm not gonna lie. So I didn't even know you were on it. <laughs> well, that's because I was only on it for like one day. Right. 
Excuse me. Um, so it was so funny. So I had just finished dancing. I, I quit dancing. I was like 26 years old and I knew that I was ready to make a change in my life. I'd been living in New York City um, for since I was 18 years old and I was really burnt out and I'd gotten out of like a really bad long-term relationship that wasn't actually bad when it was in it. It was like the best ever. And I thought I was like so in love and then found out that he had had girlfriends all over the world. And I was like really traumatized by it just because, you know, when someone's like mean to your face and yelling and like treats you like shit, you kind of know they're a bad person. But when you're like, when they're a sociopath and you are completely fooled by it, um, it's like, the day you realize it is the day you start healing. So like you're three years into a relationship and then you start healing. So I just was like kind of up in the head. Um, so I was messed up in the head over this dude, which now looking back on it, I'm like, wow, you are so pathetic. Like, <laughs> no, like it was the, a part of your journey. When I, you're, but you know, raise your hand if you felt that way. Hello. Right. Well, no, everyone's been there, but it's yeah. like now at this age in this part of my life, I'm like, wow, I really allowed myself to get that wrecked by like dude like mm. oh so pathetic um anyway so i i was kind of lost right? lost in my life and um i actually talk about this in um we have a book coming out and this is one of the stories i tell i decided an online date and i had a fake name i met a dude online dating who lived in la and i was like this is the guy for me i'm in love i we'd never met and i was like i'm moving to la like for a dude i'd never met like that's that's like the rock bottom yeah. that i was at I know I'm not the only one that's ever done something so stupid. Definitely not. <laughs> so I, um, I came to LA. I moved up the street for my best friend, Christina. We were both broke. I had changed careers. You don't make any money as a dancer anyway. And I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. We didn't even own televisions, but I love and still love Us Weekly. Like I love a tabloid magazine in the bathtub. Like it is oh a, a fur coat. Like I can't, I love a tabloid. I subscribe to all of them. It, from Vogue to like Star, like it's coming in my mailbox. Star. Right. Oh, so what, what about it do you love so much? I just, I have, I just love like the fashion and I know the stories are bullshit, but I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I really love the who wore it best. Like I love to see what the homes are like. I like a baby announcement. I like a wedding. I like all of it. I just love <laughs> To just like mindlessly because Dawes and I are so similar that we have like, okay, these are the things we're going to do today. 25 squats. Boop, boop, boop. Then I'm going to write this. Then I'm going to like be manifesting this. So it's like to turn my brain off, it has to be so mind numbing. So I just love a tabloid. No, I'm glad you said that because I had a conversation with Miguel about that. I'm like, sometimes I watch really bullshit shows because my mind is so nonstop and crazy mm -hmm. that I need to not think about anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he's like, why do you watch this shit? And I'm like, let me tell you why I really watch it. And that's why, because it's, it's an outlet for me to not have to think about anything. Right. No, exactly. And it's so hard to turn your brain off. So yeah. I love a tabloid. I love Us Weekly. At the time, The Bachelor, this was so long ago. This is like 12 years ago, probably. It was before Instagram. So like, I didn't even get the Instagram followers off the whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> um. And my girlfriend and I were sitting at the 101 Cafe in LA and I was like, what should I do with my life? And I was like, should I go on The Bachelor? And she was like, yes, what's The Bachelor? Like she does not know it all. <laughs> so we don't have TVs. We're too poor to have TVs. So I go online. It was like World Wide Web, like very, you know, this is like almost at the beginning of the internet. Um, and I applied and then they called me and then they suck you in with like the picking of you. It's like, 
I'd auditioned my whole life as a dancer and I'd been like, I just want someone to pick me. I just wanted to be picked by someone. So when the bachelor people are like, come on down to Santa Monica, we think you're great. You're like, someone picked me. You don't even like really realize that you're getting picked to be like nationally humiliated on television. Like it doesn't even register. It's like somebody thinks I'm great. So I just allowed myself like at this really kind of bleak time in my life to get really wrapped up in that. And I went and I, they come to your hotel room and they're like, what are you going to do to stand out against the other girls? And I was like, I'm going to high kick. (laughs) (laughs) Because they make it seem like walking out of the limo, like just walking like a normal person in your pretty dress is like not an option. They're like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, then I watched the show and I'm like, Emily Maynard got out looking gorgeous and just walked towards the guy and said, hi, I'm Emily. Like, I didn't know that was an option because I'm like a showgirl. So I was like, oh, like a costume, a piano? I don't know. Should I get a horse? Like, I didn't know like really what they meant. I don't imagine like you wheel it out. I would die. (laughs) So honestly, I stand by that high kick. It was beautiful. It was, it was, I was gorgeously turned out. I was, had flawless legs at that time. They don't look like that anymore. Um, The minute I walked up to the guy, I was on Brad Womack's second season. I was like, nope. I knew the minute I saw him. I was like, nope, you're not my person. (laughs) I knew the minute I like made eye contact with him. He had so much makeup on. I was like, this is not my kind of guy. I'm not like not really into like those pretty boys. Right. Um, so then I got there and then I was there for like two days and then I got like a big suitcase full of free stuff, which was the best. Um, but other than that, it's just been like that Achilles heel in my life because everyone always comes back to it. I'm always like, what was I fucking thinking? It's like the thing you do when you're your worst version of yourself and like, it lives forever. I mean, um, yeah. you know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I had like an ombre hair. I had a feather earring. I mean, you guys are my friends, so you're being so nice to me right now. But like, we all know it was that bad. That's the sign of the times, girl. We all had a feather earring. It was like a fake Louboutin triple platform, you know? Yep, yep. It it had its time. It had its time. Mm -hmm. time. Oh my God. Okay, so you were down in the dumps, huh? Mm -hmm. Um, You wrote a book called... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was called... Rockets, Rockets, Rock Arts. And rock bottom. Rock bottom. So in that you wrote, actually, I don't know if you wrote that in there, if this was just a separate excerpt, but you said, I always felt like all of, all of you people who are out there and judging me and say that you hate me so much doesn't even skim the surface of how much I hate myself. Oh, yeah. That was in the book. Ooh. That was, that's a deep that's one. deep well not i think Nas, you can probably relate to this having someone that um you're with in the public eye and who is like a you know adored by other people and so at the time the the guy that i was dating was in this band and it was during this like warp tour very like emo scene and it was like the kind of band that has like a fangirl like a backstreet boys of the emo scene you know what i mean so it was like all these people would look at you and then I was a dancer and like a lot of times I was in like a costume and then they were like, you're a stripper because we were all like 19 and nobody knew the difference. And it was like just really shitty and people would, it was like early internet before I felt like it was happening to everyone, just like write you those messages on, I'm going to date myself, but like MySpace and be like, kill yourself or like you fucking whore or you're not good enough, you know, and I'm sure you get that stuff now. It's just such a weird thing. I'm like, I don't even know you. And by the way, thanks for saying that because I actually like dislike myself much right. more. 
more than you could ever, like your words don't even actually hurt me because like live in this brain for a minute. Right. They know, they know nothing about you. And especially back in that time, you couldn't really figure anything out about somebody. Right. So yeah, no, absolutely. How, how old were you during this time? You were like in your early twenties. Yeah. I was like 22, 20. I was, I guess I was 22 to 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was like, I just didn't know. Um, of course not. During those years, like everyone's trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. We all are. Oh my and God. And what's so crazy about the book is like, that's like another, I have like so many, I'm like one big cringe, but I had had this really popular blog, which is how I got into all this technological stuff eventually into podcasting. I'd had this blog. I was like one of the first people with a blog spot and it was massive. It was like 11 million people were reading it every month. It was like crazy. And I ended up selling it. And anyway, and so for me to like share my story, it seemed like this really natural thing at the time. And like, you know, when you're in it and you're in heartbreak and you're pretty certain that no one has ever felt it the way that you mm -hmm. felt it. Of course. No one understands this because no one has ever been this uh -huh. sad or yeah. this heartbroken. I was like, I'm, I'm the saddest. I was like, right. I'm like, I am, I have it the worst. So I was on tour and I was like so lonely. And so I took solace in sort of writing this thing. But the moral of the story was that like this, the book is, I dated like three musicians. Sorry, Naz, but like they're the worst. Um, <laughs> one after another, I dated like this rocker guy. I dated this like singer, Christian singer, songwriter guy that was like so pure. And I thought, oh, well, he's like a good guy, except he still plays guitar so I can love him. And then I dated this third guy. And so it was like, I just kept doing the same thing over and over and over again and not uh -huh. getting like not wising up to like that, that there was a lesson there. Right. And so I thought that was really funny. And then what's crazy about the book is I ended up putting it out on my own or on my friend's um, publishing thing from Chicago. And it sold so many copies. Like people still read it. And I'm like, that is so embarrassing. But <laughs> I really want to read this. I did too. Wait, Wait can I, I don't even I have a copy. Blinkist? Huh? Can I find it on Blinkist? You might, I don't know. Like, I think you can still, I don't, I don't even make any money off. Like, I don't even, I think the checks go to like such an old address. Well, I just <laughs> it on Amazon. They have it on Amazon. I think you can oh, get I'm it getting... on a Kindle. Okay. I don't I... know. I might have a paperback here I could lend you, but it's probably my only copy. It's like, it'll take you an hour in the bath. It's like <laughs> remedial at best. I love that. It's basically probably like your diary when you're like 24 years old. Exactly. Right? And I'm like, oh, cringe. Yeah. Uh, and then like the fact that, you know, oh, this is even worse. You know, when you go through, okay. You know, when your girlfriends go through a breakup now, or maybe you guys have done this before or going through something hard and they just keep putting up like passive aggressive tweets and like yes. writing these things to like, and then like the going out and like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Like that book was the like before internet version of that. And I really thought like, he's going to read this book and he's going to realize like what a good person I am and how <laughs> true our love was <laughs> and like how he up and he's going to like run back to me and be like, you know what? You, you were right. Like I'm, you're so great. And I've told like, that didn't happen. What was I thinking? What going to happen? Right. That's very ambitious for a book. <laughs> like, what did I think? Was it your destiny? Did I think he was going to read it and be like, yes, this woman is sound of mind. I definitely <laughs> want to have sex with her. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I well, I will say you were ahead of your time with that because like, 
you were making these, you were basically publishing your diary for everyone to read. And like, that takes balls. Like people do that now, but we've yeah. come accustomed to hearing that, you know, back then it was like, you were really exposing yourself. I was really exposing all my flaws. Yeah. So how did you, how, how do you have such large balls? <laughs> my balls are large and salty. Um, oh. <laughs> no, you know but really, how do you have such big balls? Because when I think of you, I think of like, you have so much ambition and I feel like you're that person that sets her mind on something and you do it, you know, and I haven't known you that long and maybe that's not true, but that's what you put off and that's the energy that I get. And so that requires big balls. So please tell us, enlighten us. How do we get big balls like Kelty Knight? <laughs> so I'm actually reading a book um, that is wonderful right now. I'm really using quarantine to get in touch with my insides. Um, it's a book about being a highly sensitive person. And so there's this like, type of personality I would somewhat say disorder of being someone that like feels the whole world like really, really strongly. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like when I was young, um, my brother was really sick and we, I had a lot of like uh, tumultuous, like growing up and um, I would like kind of retreat to my, be myself, my own little universe mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to like really open myself up to what was going on around me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't realize like that was something that you kind of did in childhood. You can, this is like a little Freudian, but when I would like play Monopoly by myself, I would play, I would be all the characters. I would like make a fashion show just by myself. Like I wasn't always a social person. I'm very much of like, I'll just make my own universe what I want it to be. And so my whole life, I think that sort of trickled onto like, I moved to New York. I didn't know anyone. I just like made my universe. So I just kind of create these universes that I want to live in around me. And the, the flaw of being like this type of person is that you can be actually like pretty cut off from like social like uh, abilities to be social. So like Becca and Jack on, on our podcast, um, they will constantly be like, hey, when someone finishes podcasting, like you need to stand up and tell them like, thanks for coming goodbye. Because I just like am so zoomed in to like the thing that I'm doing that I don't, I don't know how to be like small talk is exhausting. Like I can't. So what's crazy about it is that I think that I've just I just have balls because I create this whole universe that I love and then I am so self-centered that I do not realize there are other people in the world. Wow. So that is, that is a statement. Wow. Yeah. It's so f***ed up. It's like I create, like I put the pillow fort around me that I want to exist uh -huh. and then I don't think I actually realize that the things that I say and write and do and are pathetic and put on TV, like actually go out anywhere. Like I, that part is... Like, I mean, I know it when I think it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we put out this podcast and like hundreds of thousands of people listen to it. But like in the moment, I'm, I'm really just in my pillow fort. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah no. And, and I commend you for being so honest, uh, especially like with yourself. I think that that, that takes big balls. <laughs> It does. You got big old balls. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think everyone would describe me and like Becca and Jack get after me for this. But like, if you're in my circle, I will do anything for you. If right. you're not in my circle, I don't know this man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really, you're in or you're out. We only have so much energy, you know what I mean? Just Absolutely. Can't be like doing that for everybody, you know? 
But I have friends that are like, I stayed friends with my high school friend's best friend's boyfriend and he came to my wedding shower and I send them a Christmas card and like, I'm not that person. Yeah, that's too much. I mean, if you actually have a relationship with that person, okay. But like when it's a distant, I don't know. You don't know me shit. I don't know you shit. Like, let's keep yeah. it. I don't know. Even though most of us are working from home nowadays, we all need a break now and then. But why not keep your brain active while you relax? That's why I love the fun puzzle game, Best Fiends. Look, I've been playing for a while and I'm still so hooked on the fun games and puzzles. I'm still super competitive and I love to play against my family. It's a great way for us to stay connected. And one of the best parts, it does not require internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cell phone data. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already, with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's hours of fun right at your fingertips. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Our friends over at the Lady Gang Podcast have written a new book, and it's on sale now. Act Like a Lady, questionable advice, ridiculous opinions, and humiliating tales from three undignified women is available wherever books are sold. Act Like a Lady is part memoir, part self-help book with all the sass and humor of the hit podcast. The book is broken down into four sections, your relationship with your lover, self, friends, and career, and features hilarious advice and essays from the hosts of The Lady Gang, Kelty, Becca, and Jack, as well as illustrations, manifest lists, connect the dots, and a dictionary of the words that they completely made up. The Lady Gang has your back with essays like, maybe she's born with it, maybe it's Photoshop, and if you're happy and you know it, thank your ex. Act Like a Lady is available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, or wherever you get your books. But speaking of like friendships, how did you guys, how did you even meet Becca and um, Jack? So Becca and I, she was on Broadway in New York and we ran in similar circles because I used to always audition against her for all the roles and she would always get them because she's like far superior in talent. Um, she has an insane voice. Which so, you guys always feud over on your podcast. I hear well, that. I have more gusto, so I will probably, you know, I will fight her to the death and she'll be like, girl, calm down. Um, fight over, uh, what is it? West Side Story or what? Chicago. What is it? Oh, Chicago. Uh, okay. Roxy. Yeah. I honestly had a dream that I was Roxy like three days ago. Thanks for bringing it back to the forefront of my pillow fort. Did you tell Becca? I haven't, I haven't talked to her. Um, but I, I mean, if I told her every time I thought I was Roxy Hart, she would be like, shut up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Becca and I knew each other and she got glee and she moved out here and I had moved out to LA as well. And then Jack actually dated the same guy in the emo band as I did. She dated him first. She dated him for like three months and then I dated him for three years. And then we were always pitted against each other as like the Angelina and Jennifer Aniston. I mean, that's a severe lack of knowledge of how important I am, but like pretend that it was like the good girl and the bad girl. Yeah. Um, and so when we were starting the podcast, I was like, this chick is so cool and she has such a different point of view and I like want to get to know her. And oh, that's I, awesome. yeah, we knew each other. Like Becca and I were friendly. Like we were, certainly weren't 
super close, but I just, I just thought they were just such interesting people. And then the rest of us. So whose idea was it to start the podcast? Well, Becca and I sat at lunch one day and we're like, can we figure out how to do a job that no one can fire us from? (laughs) Because she was on, she had just finished Glee and it was like quite difficult to get a job right after that. Cause when you're on like a hit show and you're like this character, it's like everyone just sees you as Kitty Wild forever, you know? Right. And then for me, I was, I'm constantly like every day of my life thinking I'm going to get fired. So I was like, what if we create something that no one can fire us from that's our own? Mm-hmm. And instead of waiting for everyone to call and pick us, which is like, it goes way back to like bachelor days when I was like, I just want someone to pick me. Um, why don't we just pick ourselves? And that's kind of where the the show started. We were like, oh, we want a talk show. Like everyone's like, you know, it'd be a great talk show, me. Um, and uh, and then we're like, well, no one's going to give us a talk show. Um, and I was like a huge, I was really into podcasts. I mean, this is five years ago. There's like five podcasts at the time. And right. I was like, let's make a podcast. We didn't even know like really how to do that but we just right. figured it out. That's amazing. What's one of your guys' like most memorable or one of your most favorite podcasts you guys have done? Hmm. God, there's so many. I mean, having like RuPaul sit with us, oh. who I freaking like, I do not miss a drag race. No. Um, but I think for me, the most, the most memorable um, is either like when our husbands or boyfriends come on because they're so shell-shocked, like they're like, what is happening? Um, but there was also this episode, so this is going to be not exciting to you, but there's a singer-songwriter. See, I still love a musician. And now I'm married to a music <laughs> manager, so it's like I still get my cake and eat too. But there's this guy named Matt Nathanson who is like my favorite singer-songwriter and like I'm low-key obsessed with him and I thought he might be my husband for a long time even though he's been married for like a long time and has a child. Um, <laughs> And in my journal, I'm like an obsessive journaler. And so in my journal, I had written a journal entry called like the day I almost met and fell in love with Matt Nathanson because back in Twitter days, I saw that he was in the same airport as me. And I was like, what? Well, I tweeted him like, what gate are you at? Oh my God. <laughs> and then like he was at JetBlue. And uh, anyway, so we had never met before, but like I'd been a super fan. And you know, there's like those people when you have a super fan that you see them pop up all the time. So you kind of know it's a super fan. And so then I was like wearing my one feather earring. This is right around the time I went uh, on The Bachelor. And I was like, I'm wearing this one feather earring. And I was wearing my lucky Van Halen t-shirt. And like, I felt like we're going to meet and fall in love and blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't really know he was married because it was really before social media. Anyway, so he came on the podcast last year from San Francisco and came on the podcast. And I read him the entire five-page journal entry that I had written about meeting him and falling in love with him, like on wow. air. I heard, I, well, I listened to this exact episode. I know exactly. It was... So horrendously amazing because I just don't care. I'm like, you know what? I you're right. I do love you. I know. I'm in the fan club, right? Oh my god! I I read my old journals too to Nas, and they oh, they're hilarious. You guys should do that on an episode. You should really just read some quarantine journals. I would listen to that in a heartbeat. (laughs) So embarrassing. No, let's do it. Let's let's record it tomorrow. It's so bad. Like, what was I thinking? I'm such a loser. The fact that I thought a feather earring was going to make me fall in love. (laughs) Like, I have my one feather earring on, which always brings me luck. Like, what? He's going to be so impressed. He's going to be like, wow, I wasn't really into her, but then I saw she had one feather earring right. and my penis got hard. Like, what? <laughs> it's not how it works. 
Well, that's how our little brains work when we're younger. I know. But I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy because I wish I would have journaled more because when I go back and read it, I, I'm such a, I suck at consistency across the board, including Mm. my journal. Like Mm. I've tried to start one during this quarantine and I've written like maybe three pages with like five weeks of quarantine. So (laughs) yeah, I'd like. It's great. It's gold when I write it, but just getting myself to write it, it's it's a problem. Right. But like Nas is good with this too. Like how can you guys enlighten me on how to be more consistent, please? Like what are the keys here? What are the tricks? Well, my consistency is a mix of I love to attain goals. Uh-huh. I love to write lists and check them off. Mm-hmm. I like that. And my anxiety drives me to do so. Yeah, see. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's something that I'm like you know what I'm I'm driven to like get things done and because I love to hit the finish line I love to see things come to fruition I love like I literally it lights me up inside right um, and then I also know if I don't do these things my anxiety is going to take over and I'm going to feel guilt and I'm going to feel bad and I'm going to feel right. like I failed and I don't like to fail it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time absolutely. Interesting. I believe they call that neurotic. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like in my, fa- in my favorite way, because I'm the same way. I think that's why I've really been into journaling and I do bullet journaling is because I will lay in bed for six hours at night with just my thoughts swirling. And I would say like, that's how I would describe my anxiety. And if I sit with a cup of tea before bed and like write out the list for tomorrow, it's like you almost let it go. It's like one of those ceremonies where you like write the person you hate and then you burn it. Right. Like, okay, if I write this, then I know, like, I've got a handle on it. Like, go to sleep, rest, you know? I like, that's an interesting way to put it. I like that. See, I have all of that. I do, I love a good checklist. I'm into checklists. I do, I'm the same way. My thoughts are always swirling, and I will, like, write down what I need to do. The problem is I get to the next day, and I will accomplish certain things. So, like, I have to applaud myself for at least accomplishing some things. But, like, I don't have that anxiety of, like, Right. It, that part doesn't drive me. I'm like, whatever. I'll just light up a joint and it'll go away. That's probably my problem. I think I should probably smoke less weed. It's not a problem. That's I know, delicious. It sounds so good. I actually, um, one of the essays that is in our, is in our new Lady Gang book is about I've actually had a journal that has been passed back and forth with my best guy friend for 20 years. Wow. We started it in year 2000. And as a guy I grew up with. So um, like high school? I Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was eight. It was, I was 18. Yeah, you were young. I had just moved to New York and, um, and uh, my, this guy, Jeff, who's like my best guy friend, um, we were on different sides of the world and we just started having this journal instead of writing each other letters. And so he would keep it for like six months. I would keep it for three months. I'd pass it back. I pass it. We have four volumes of it now. And it's so amazing to like look back and that's amazing. That's beautiful. Really cool. We did that in high school. Like passbooks were definitely a thing. Like I oh, still have passbooks. You, you didn't have a passbook? Mm-mm. Yeah, in high school I did. And those are hilarious because I have them with like two other girls and I still have those. And I mean, oh my God, cringe. Okay, that can be in the episode too. I yeah, want to read I it. Should I should find a passbook. 
And actually, Nas and I had one too. I don't know why, though, because we would write it to each other while we were together on vacation. <laughs> that is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, okay, well, talk to us about your book, because I know that this has been, how, from the time that you guys decided till it came out, how long was that process? It's been over a year. Okay. So we actually weren't, I mean, where I was like, we should run a mark. Um, we got reached out to by an agent who was like, I love what you guys are doing. Would you consider writing a book? And that was again, like, you know, my heart was a flutter. Like someone thinks I'm great. Oh my <laughs> What? Yes, I will come right to your office right now. Um, and so we went and met with her, uh, this woman, Andy McNichol. And she was like, I think what, I think a book would, is like the next step. And would you guys consider it? And we're like, I don't know. So we sort of in our minds thought about what we might do. And then we went around and like, like dated all the publishers, you know, <laughs> went around and did this, those horror meetings that you do in Hollywood where you're like, hi, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Do you want me? 20 minutes? <laughs> um, and so there we did that. Folks, there's the secret. Now you know. <laughs> That's it. It's like nothing is ever without slightly having to act like a prostitute for yourself. You know what I mean? There's Lovely just like a couch. Yeah, there's a casting couch for all things. Absolutely. So, um, we went around and did that and, and ended up, you know, getting a book deal with Penguin Random House, which is insane. It's an imprint yeah. name, Rodale. And they had like, I remember the day that we went in for those meetings and I'm such a big reader. Like I've, I think I've read like 60 books during quarantine. Like I'm a psycho. Yeah. Um, and we walked in and like Michelle Obama's book was there and like the walls are just covered in books and you're just like, I was like, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> so great. It was the best. Um, and then we just kind of got down to work. Like the book is essentially in, and Nas, you will love this because it's very much of you. Um, it's in four parts. It's your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your lover, your relationship with your career, and your relationship with your friends. And so so we each write these essays about, you know, breakups and falling in love and heartbreak and all those things, but then also like about have being in a toxic friendship and needing to get out of one or, you know, being a bridesmaid or I wrote a, um, I wrote an essay called for the friends chapter or friends section that's called sorry for what I said when I hated your husband. Cause we've all <laughs> been with one of those, your best friend marries a total dipshit and you're like, cool, I'm going to just be the maid of honor at this wedding and I hate you. Um, so it's like all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, career, like the bosses, how do you got where you're going? facing rejection. And so there's like essays from Becca in ways that she's never opened up before. Jack, me. And then in between that, um, there's these just sort of lady gang chapters where we sat down, the three of us, like we do on the podcast and just like yapped about like sort of our opinions and rules and what we think people should do and blah, blah, blah. And then we had on top of that, this amazing illustrator illustrate like the craziest photos of us. Like one of them is this drawing of a dude and he's like zipping his face off but his face is zipping off and underneath is the devil oh wow she's cracking up (laughs) no it's funny it's funny there's one of like um there's one of like a uh like a bird a birdhouse a bird uh bird cage and there's a dude like flying out of it in like a wife beater and flip-flops and a fedora and it says if you love someone set them free um, if they come back, set them free again. No one liked them. <laughs> oh my God. It's like really Instagrammable, like ridiculous. Yeah, right. 
collecting cool drawings and like quotes. And it's just like a really cool little like lady manual. And I'm really excited about it because I think it's a perfect thing. Chicks can just like, you know, read it on the train, read it in the bath. Like, you know, some people like me, if you're an obsessive reader, you'll read it in five hours. And then if you're not, like you can take these little chapters at one. If you're not consistent like Nadia, you can like read one <laughs> chapter a week for like the next rest of your life. Till you I have been trying to finish this one book for like a year. <laughs> yeah. A year. No, you should just get that book up. <laughs> Nadia, you should just get the app Blinkist and you hear the book in 15 minutes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, I'll eat. Honest to God, I swear, every time I read, I get tired. Like it puts me to sleep like a baby. I don't know why. And I used to read. I used to throw back a Babysitter's Club book every night. Like a full book. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Oh my God. A Babysitter's Club. Oh my God. (laughs) I was obsessed. Um, Okay. So that's- Oh, wait. Can I tell the title? It's called Act Like a Lady. Yes. I was just going to say- It's available for pre-order wherever you get your books. Barnes & Noble has- Oh, Barnes and Noble has this exclusive version. So we set up a site called Lady Secrets and we had girls write in like anonymously their biggest secret they've never told anyone in their life. And we took the best ones and printed them in the book for the like Barnes and Noble exclusive. One girl was like, I cannot sexually climax unless I'm thinking about Danny DeVito. (laughs) What in the... (laughs) <laughs> so many girls are cheating on their husbands it's in their heads yes it, no not in their heads like, oh. really cheating on, like these secrets were so insane and we had to wow. like we narrowed down to like the top 100 ones to print but like wow it's like a post secret but for this secrets is so good but like they're all anonymous right they're all anonymous like no right. one will ever know we don't even get to see like you don't have to put in anything when you put in one what a, who came up with that idea that's so brilliant <laughs> I think it was Jack. The publisher was like, what do you want to do for your bonus content? Because Barnes & Noble always does like a special exclusive, well, sometimes I guess an addition. And so people do like a questionnaire, a Q&A, like last eight pages of the book. And we're like, no, we need something like super salty. So we figured <laughs> lady <laughs> secrets. No, it's, 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 it's I'm going to send you guys that. It's, well, actually you have books coming. They'll be at your house on May 5th. Um, Yay. Okay. So your book's not out yet. It's, oh, it's out for pre-sale. Pre-sale. So the way that publishing works is that essentially you put the book on pre-sale for like four months before, mm-hmm. and then all of those pre-sales count for like the first week mm-hmm. of sales. And that's how you like get on the bestsellers list or have a successful book because people buy books actually quite slowly. So we're like in pre-sale right now. So yeah. the book comes out June 2nd, but I'm really excited about it because I fake everything in my life. Like everything is a big pile of bullshit that I turn into like a shiny gold diamond and the book is like the only thing I've ever done in my life that I actually think is good. <laughs> Interesting. Really, are you really going to say that? Come on. You really know that? Yeah. I, I really think like a lot of my life is I'm going to fake it till I make it. I'm like, I'm going to be on TV. Now I'm going to go on a bachelor. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to be a wife. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> um, the book is like the one thing. Every time I read it, every time I look at it, I'm like, God, that's so good. So that means it'll probably bomb. But... <laughs> Don't, don't say know. that. No, no. I've been seeing this post. A lot yeah. of people are pre-selling. It's great. Yeah, people are like showing up for us in a big way, which is so exciting. I, you guys have like a cult type following. Like your right. girls love you. It's so great. It's like a little. It, I mean, it's lady gang. Like it's, it's the gang, man. Gang, yeah. <laughs> it's a positive exactly. gang. A gang. 
a gang of positivity. <laughs> um, so real quick though, because like, do you feel like the confidence that you have now? Cause you strike me as a confident person. And like one thing that I've been discussing with Nas is that like, I feel like I'm a confident person, but when it boils down to it, I've realized that me not executing certain things in my life with my career and blah, 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 all boils down to how I really feel about myself. Mm. And I pull this off mm-hmm. and like, so you, cause you were there, you hated yourself. And then now look at you, you know, you're coming out with a book, you got your podcast, you're, you're a host. Like, how do you, how does one get to that place? It's such a good question. Um, it's so deep. I mean, I think so a lot deep. of us feel that way. No, I think there is. Like, it's for you. Like, I look at you and I'm like, you know, the work that you do is so beautiful. Like, so incredible. Like, top notch. Like, as good as anyone that exists in your genre is. So what is, why isn't there the Nadia Charlotte Tilbury line? Like, why aren't you doing Right. Vogue cover, you know? And, and so I think you knowing that is like so cool and such an awesome piece. I think that there's this fearlessness that people have mm-hmm. um, about putting themselves out there um, because the truth is, and I believe this with everything, they're really, once you're good, you're just good. Like they're really, the actors that win the Oscars, they're not better than it, the other people that are still auditioning. Like they just have put themselves out there more times, you know, and it's like a numbers game. So it's like, you just have to, if you don't think your stuff is good or you don't really can't get behind yourself, like no one else is going to get behind you. And I think like for me, my secret is just like, I have no problem. Again, it comes to like my little pillow fort universe that I make up for myself. Like I have no problem putting myself out there. I'm pretty fearless in that way. And, but with that comes 99% of the time that someone like is, this is terrible. Like you're awful, you're horrible. Like all of those things, that rejection, Mm -hmm. but like anything in life, rejection gets easier to swallow the more it comes to you. So the first time it breaks your heart, the second time it breaks your heart, but like the 3000,000th time you Mm -hmm. get used to hearing that you suck. Yeah. And then you're able to move past that. And that, that actually, now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense in my life because this is the first time that I'm putting myself out there as a personality, like being right. on the show. And now it's, and also with the day and age of how makeup is in the makeup world, you have to be a personality now. Like right. you can't just do the makeup. And, and Nas and I have talked about that. Like it frustrates the shit out sure. of her. I just want to do the makeup, you know what I mean? And like, I happen to have a big personality. So that ends up working to my advantage, but putting myself out there hasn't been a thing that I'm used to. And so now I'm mm-hmm. being forced to do it. And it's just come, it's come with a lot of realizations. It's yeah. interesting. But Nas, you have that, you have that chip where you can just keep putting your shit out there and be like, yeah. all right, this worked. This didn't like the pivot, the ability to pivot when it doesn't work. Yeah. I really get off on the fact of proving people wrong. Yeah. Like, I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. I, it like, is a game for me. I don't know what it is, but I love to prove people wrong. I've heard everything across the board. I've heard no a thousand times. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. And I don't like, nobody's going to get in my way. So mm-hmm. this rejection, it like fuels it. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's almost like, like lady gang was birthed out of me not getting the promotion that I thought maybe I should have gotten. And I was like, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to make my own media company, you know? And so, um, but I do think Nadia, um, one of the things that people always ask me, like, how do you, how do you get ready to put yourself out there? Like you got to have the thing, like your thing. Like when I say who's Nadia or if, if, you know, Mm, who's your like dream face to paint? Like Rihanna? Like who? Who's like your person that you're like? I would die to like. Paint. Yeah, probably like her, J Lo. Right. Yeah. So J Lo calls and she's like, "Oh my god, makeup by Frederic or whoever does her <laughs> um, is not available." And I saw your work and I want to do it. Can you send me your like your kit, your press kit? Yeah. Like I always think that everyone that's trying to do anything with like their brand or themselves as the brand, like to just have that at your beck and call, like whether it's an Instagram page, whether it's like your business card, whether it's your resume, like I've always kept that up for like 20 years. Like my website is up. It's going, like it's updated with the newest press. Like it's always ready to go. Cause I always think of like, I'm selling, you know? And so it's like, sometimes having the talent isn't enough. Sometimes you have to have the talent and then like the email about yourself that someone can forward to the person who's going to change your life, you know? Right. But that comes in with believing in yourself. Yeah. You know, that that's it all stems from that and it's just yeah. it's crazy like this quarantine I think has made a lot of people um it's forcing us to be even more introspective now than ever mm-hmm. us to take the time and think about what it is in our lives that we want to change or improve on or whatever it is because we have the time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's just been crossing my mind it's just like why am I like this? <laughs> it's frustrating. But with anything, you can always, you know, you can always pivot. Yeah. yeah. Like today I was laying in the sun learning Spanish because I'm, that's what I'm doing during quarantine is learning Spanish. Oh my is- God, same. What oh are my you- God, we can call each other and talk to each other. Wait, do you want to know what I'm using to learn Spanish? Uh. It's a reality show on Netflix called Made in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the rich kids of Beverly Hills, but in Mexico City. And I watch it and like, I just like hear what they're saying and like follow along and like, it's starting to slowly click. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Okay. Well, I have a coach, but all right, cool. (laughs) Um, But maybe I'm going to get the Netflix show. I'm taking like three, I'm taking like three classes a week from this woman in Miami. And then I'm paying my makeup artist's 11 year old son to talk to me every Friday for an hour. That's cute. That is really cute. Anyway, what I was going to say is that today I was like studying Spanish outside. I was done with my work for the day and I had like two hours and I was like, what I really want to do is go and eat an ice cream sandwich and lay down, take a nap. And then I was like, but what would Nas do? Nas (laughs) would go to the garage and she would do her squats. And then I would eat the ice cream sandwich after. I was going to say, she's still going to eat the ice cream sandwich if you know Nas. Right. Yeah. Like I'm eating cinnamon buns for dinner, but I did my squats. Exactly. I did my I'm workout. Gonna it off. I'm going to put in that work, but I'm not going to deprive myself. Yeah. It's all balance. Yep. It's all balance. I just suck at it, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> You're going to figure it out. It's yeah. like, I know, I know it, you know, and I, and I, and I try to just be, um, I think like with our show, Nas, Nas and I are so different in so many ways. Like her and I like a lot of the same things and we connect on those levels, but 
the way we are is people are so different and it's like she can provide that drive and motivation for people and I'm like hey guys I'm over here like I'm struggling with you too you know yeah (laughs) but you also provide that like beautiful live in the moment like aspect of life that's really hard for people yeah, I can do it. Like it's really hard to enjoy those moments sometimes. And it, yeah. it gets aggravating. Like sometimes I'll sit back and be like, man, am I like missing out on certain parts of my life? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm driven in many ways and like I take care of home and all those other things. But I'm like, but those live in the moment moments, am right. I missing a majority of those? Because I don't want to miss those. And like the right. older I get, the more I want to experience those things, but obviously still keep working. Cause I can't like, I got to figure out that balance. So it, life's crazy. We're yeah. all trying to figure it out. <laughs> How's your quarantine been Kelty? It's been so good. Um, I was just thinking as Nas was saying, I, um, like everyone's like, Oh, I can't wait to like go do things again. I was like, Ooh, not me. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously it's like, I'm so sad, for so many people that are struggling. Um, but I'm, I'm probably the most balanced I've ever been in my life. Um, because I can just do my work at my own pace and I don't have to wait on anyone, um, to do it. And so I can get everything done quite quickly and then have some freedom and spending time with my husband. And it's been, it's been so, it's been, I mean, I'm starting to get ready where I'm like, Oh yeah, I could like do something. But, um, overall I think this has been an amazing, reset for so many people. It certainly has made me reset my thinking. Um, and I won't ever really take, you know, the things that I took for granted. Um, but I actually feel more connected to the people in my life Mm -hmm. now than I did. I think I was just running myself so ragged that I never had a chance to really even talk to people. And now I have a little more time on my hands. I'm like, Oh, let me call a friend. Let me like zoom with a friend. Let me totally. you know, write this letter. Let me write this birthday card. So yeah. It's forcing us to do that. Like the connections, because that's our only way to each other is, is we, if we don't FaceTime or zoom one another, we lose that connection. And mm-hmm. I know that. So everyone's kind of putting in that little extra effort, you know, to, to see each other and how was your day and blah, blah, blah. And, I agree. It's it that part of it I have been enjoying also. I yeah. My mom, I never used to call my mom, and now like we talk every day. Oh yeah, and I know she, she just called me right now, and we we're podcasting. I had to cancel it. Like, like I gotta go, mom. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there, there's obviously those are the silver linings of this all. Yeah, for sure. How has it? So it's been good with you and Chris. Like you guys haven't killed each other yet. Yeah, I mean, I really haven't seen him much in the past five years, so it's been pretty cool to like be in the house with him. Um, but my husband is so busy. I mean, he is like he starts conference calls at like seven a.m. and he finishes them at nine thirty. He just sits at our kitchen wow. table on his AirPods. He's like three sets of AirPods that he just transfers out, and he's on the phone. It's I, I'm like, is this what you did in your office? This is like such a bad job. Like this isn't so fun <laughs> at all. <laughs> Um, just because I think, you know, everyone, like a lot of stuff obviously got canceled for music and, but I also feel like the artists are 
in their creativity right now. You know, the fact that they haven't had to go out and, and tour and pimp their shit and like they've just been locked at home, it's really amping the creativity. So every person on his roster is like, I'm writing great music. I am having vivid ideas. Can we make this happen? And so he is, his job is to be like, okay, cool. Um, let me go figure out what to do with that. But I think what's really cool about it is that Chris, um, Chris's biggest issue in what he does is getting his creatives to be creative because, you know, by the time he works with someone, they're usually, you know, pretty big. And so you've written your like first Adele record, the, the, the record that breaks you, right? Like you're a superstar or whatever it is now. And to continue to be creative is very difficult as, as you know, you have so much in your well and you have to keep replenishing that. Um, and as you get more successful, you get out of those situations that really caused you to be the artist that you are. And the further you get away from that, the harder it is to create, I think, um, is what I see with, with the people. Um, and so he always says like, I, I know who to call, like I know who to go to at Amazon and iTunes and, MTV VMAs and the Grammys and whatever. He's like, I know all those people, but if I don't have the product, if I don't have that creativity, whatever that is, I have nothing to sell. And so it's, I think it's really cool for him because to have all of these people all creating right now. And he's like this wealth, like he just loves it. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. This is I know who to call. Like he's really in his element right now. So sorry, that was very long winded, but it's like, it's very cool to see, you know, He's not like, hey, let me know when you have something. Like he's like, okay, like yeah. let's go. It's go time. It's cool. Yeah. Which by the way, Miguel is on his roster. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And uh, we, he's so amazing. He's, he's so crazy. Creating like nonstop during this whole process. Right? And yeah, there's yeah, something about he it. Needed, he needed it. And he created like his whole his like own little schedule. He plays his video games and goes and like works. He takes a break. We hang out. Then he goes back. Like this is it's really doing him really really good. And I'm just like so proud. And it's inspiring to like watch the process. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really proud of them. And um, and you know, it's like it's so strange because you're like I need to give people their space to work. But how funny that our men really just needed to be around us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a different room, but they're still around. Right. <laughs> 24-7. We've already, we know this. <laughs> All right, Kelty. Thank you so you. much. I feel like you're pod mom, except like I'm, I don't want to be old enough to be that. <laughs> Not, don't worry. But thank you for talking about your big balls today. Yeah, exactly. Huge, huge stinky balls. You're not that much older than us, so you're like our cool older sister. Oh my god, thanks. Which <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you were in high school? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was. Kelty, thank you for being on with us. Thank Bye, you. ladies like us. I'm so proud of you. Love you. We love, love you. you. Thanks for listening to Ladies Like Us from The Lady Gang and Podcast One. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Baquet. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week.